Welcome everyone to another episode of the Rotten Views Podcast. Tonight we will be sitting down to watch the 1985 classic horror comedy vampire movie uh, Fright Night. I don't know why that was like so fucking much of a tongue tie to say. Um, but yeah, we're, we're sitting down to watch Fright Night. So What would you do if you accidentally discovered the house next door was occupied by something not human? Something horrifying. Something unspeakably evil. No one believes you. Mom, I didn't have a nightmare. Not your mom. They did kill a girl over there. Not your girlfriend. Charlie, is this some sort of a trick to get me back? Not even the police. Look, I know it's crazy. I know that, but look, Lieutenant! It knows that you know. You'll do anything to protect yourself. But it will do anything to protect its secret. of your life this should be a fun one it's been a while since i watched it so let's get right into them so while the movie's getting ready sir um the movie actually has pretty good ratings it's a uh, 7.1 out of 10 on imdb and it's a 91 percent on rotten tomatoes for anyone who actually gives a shit about the ratings i know i personally don't direct it and screenplay by tom holland Starring uh, Stephen Godfrey. Uh, it's, so the movie starts out. You got your classic vampire slayer on the classic tube TV, which might even feature a built-in VHS player. 
You guys don't know what that is, do you? I'll wait right now for you guys to Google it. It's okay, I understand. Dealing with a young crowd here. Not an old whippersnapper like myself. Yeah, we'll go with that. I do like um, that the movie on the TV is actually called Friday Night, and the movie we're actually watching is called Friday Night. So the, the correlation between the two is very cool. Um, we got Charlie who's trying to make out with his girlfriend, trying to get to uh, first base, maybe second base, go all the way. But of course, she doesn't want to. She's asking him to stop, and he's not too happy about that. Yeah, it's really weird I'm watching this movie with headphones on um, because everyone else is asleep. And the sound of them making out in my ears is one of the worst sounds I have ever heard isolated in my ears before. So uh, the quicker this scene gets over, the uh, the better. I try looking outside as he sees uh, two people carrying a coffin because... That's what you always want to see when you're looking outside at your neighbors. You definitely want to see a nice, elegant wooden coffin being carried by two people. One who's in a trench coat. Little does uh, Charlie know, Amy's in bed now with her shirt off. Uh, Charlie's too busy with binoculars on, though, on his face, looking outside, uh, watching watching uh, someone carry a coffin. Um Amy doesn't believe him at all, though, because on TV, there's actually guys carrying coffins, so she just thinks he's uh, pulling her leg. Little does he know, he's pissing Amy off and losing his chance to get lucky. And uh, Amy just gets stressed and leaves. And we have uh, Amy and Charlie arguing at the bottom of the steps. Uh, kind of find out. Charlie's mom's still wide awake watching TV and uh, asking them what's going on. That's a little awkward. Uh, at least she didn't hear them doing anything, I guess. So that's one way of looking at it, right? We have uh, Charlie who's a little bit more concerned about his neighbors uh, peeking outside the window, trying to see what the neighbors are up to. Uh, you're not going to be able to see what they're doing, Charlie, because they got curtains. So therefore, you can't sneak and peep inside because the curtains are closed then we uh, cut to a scene uh, the starting to fade out of the TV on and is discussing about a body being found behind the train station murdered hmm new neighbors and someone's been murdered hmm we see uh, Charlie and Evil they're uh, talking about the pop quiz that Charlie didn't know about and then uh, Amy goes storming right between the two and doesn't talk to them at all kind of find out uh, Amy is still pissed off at you Charlie bad Charlie bad <clears throat> and then we have uh, then we have a uh, Charlie Charles uh, who's showing up at home from uh, finishing up at school uh, he's driving a red Mustang that's all patched up looks kind of nice not gonna lie it's not like ni as nice as you know Christine but it's still a nice car nonetheless I wonder if they picked red because of Christine I wonder who 
I don't know, for all I know, this movie could have came out before Christine. I don't I don't really know the, the years, so that could be a thing, too. We uh, see Charlie, who's upstairs in his room, studying, uh, sitting at his desk, working away at his homework. And then next thing we know, we hear a gut-wrenching, curling scream coming from outside. It must have been that nice blonde who was getting dropped off by the taxi cab looking for the neighbor's house. She's probably dead now. Most likely. Uh, then we have Charlie at the diner. Well, looks like a diner at least. And um, Amy shows up as well. And she's discussing what's going on. She's a little... You know, she wants to say sorry about everything. About the tension and whatnot. And uh, come to find out there's a news ad on the TV at the diner and it's actually the blonde who is getting dropped off at the neighbor's house she's uh she's dead um and she has something called another murder uh, i guess everyone or these last two murders everyone's had their head cut off and then uh amy takes what might have been a pie i'm not too sure and uh I really don't know what the food was. I wasn't looking. I was looking away for two seconds. Um, but yeah, she takes food and smushes it into uh, Charlie's face. And uh, gets a good laugh from evil. Charlie's uh, getting back home. And we see a perspective from inside the neighbor's house. Um, one of the gentlemen is painting the windows black. Well, let's not put curtains up. Let's just paint that glass black. That will solve all the issues of all that sunlight coming in. Next thing that might not be creepy, let's just board it up too. Because that won't be weird at all for our neighbors. I feel really bad for Charlie, you know, having these creepy neighbors move in. I'd hate for her on the other side if the, uh, the family from the Burbs moved in. Because uh, then he'd be screwed. He'd probably be in a mental asylum, uh, going paranoid from... Both crazy families. We then have uh, Charlie sitting in his room. Um, he's watching some old beast horror movie. I'm not really sure what it is. I'm kind of curious as to what it is. If it's like a real movie or if it's just something that they made for this movie. Kind of looks something like Night of the Living Dead but like a really bad version. Um, he's eating a bunch of junk food. Doing that, you know that early kid high school lifestyle you know staying up late got my binoculars eating my junk food gonna pass out in my chair god forbid if i do that nowadays i'm gonna wake up with a tummy ache and a sore neck if i sleep wrong at all my neck is done for it's the joys of old age i'm charlie waking up from his sleep in his chair and uh, he's looking across at the neighbor's house and it's a neighbor with another lady as he's undressing her. We see some tatas. I'll wait for you guys to Google that. Because you might want to Google it. I don't know. You guys are probably perverts. I know Charlie's a pervert because he's uh, full on with those binoculars. Full on just looking at her. Awing and ooing over those boobs. That's when we then see the neighbor. Who's uh, getting ready to take a chunk out of her neck. We see the fangs slowly coming out. And then that's when he looks over and sees that Charlie 
is watching the whole time. And then we have a little standoff staring competition between the two of them. And that's when the neighbor decides to pull the blinds down. So Charlie can't watch anymore. We have a close-up of the neighbor's hand as he's pulling the blinds down. Um, dude needs to cut his nails. Not gonna lie. Definitely needs to cut his nails. Kind of long. He's got fangs and nails. I'm, I'm okay with dealing with the fangs. The fangs are fine. Nails? Hmm. Shouldn't be that long. We then have Charlie who's, uh, you know, a little bit, a little bit scared about what he just saw. You know, your new neighbor, about ready to bite into the neck of a young half-naked lady. Uh, also has fangs and really long nails. So he's trying to wake up his mom to uh, explain what's going on. She's not listening. And uh, then he runs outside. And the other gentleman that lives with the neighbor is putting a big black garbage bag into the back of his Jeep. You know, big black garbage bag into a Jeep. Kind of sets off a red flag. It's uh, late at night. Uh, could be midnight for all we know. Uh, not really sure. Uh, but yeah, a little bit of a red flag. And then we see a perspective from the roof of the house. And we hear footsteps running. And then it's uh, the neighbor. I believe his name is Jerry. Um, he's jumping off the roof in his vampire mode. And lands down by the the jeep to give the gentleman another piece of the item. I think it's like a, a scrubby of some sort. It's like you you missed something. Uh, that's when Charlie's mom comes out yelling for him. Uh, come find out Charlie's been hiding in the bush, watching the neighbors. Charlie's a little little creeper peeper. Then we have uh, Charlie and his mom inside the house. And his mom is feeding him some hot cocoa. At least trying to feed him some hot cocoa, I should say. Um, because uh, mommy believes that Charlie had a bad nightmare. Had a little boo-boo in his little dream. A little, little dreamy-poo uh, scary. And uh, Charlie's not having it. He's, uh, he's like, I didn't have a bad dream. Our neighbors are vampires. Listen to me, woman. Charlie then goes and tells um, Pam about what's going on, and Pam's not listening to him at all either. Um, Pam's just like, "Are you trying to get me back? Is this this your way of trying to get me back?" He's like, "No, nah, you know what? I'm just gonna go to the cops, okay? I'll just I'll just tell the cops because cops will believe me. They won't think I'm crazy and put me in jail or the mental psych at all. You know that's the normal. They'll probably hear about vampires all the time." And really, if you do hear about vampires all the time, maybe you should move away. Probably not the place you want to live if you're hearing about vampires a lot. Just saying. Unless you're into making wooden steaks and growing garlic. Funny enough, um, Charlie goes to talk to the cops. And the cops, or at least a detective, shows up. At the neighbor's house to uh, investigate. I'm not sure why they would even believe him, but you know, at least they're doing their job. I guess that's more than I can say for a lot of police officers and detectives in these style movies. I'm not trying to get, uh, you know, discuss what's going on in the world in real life, 
Uh, we're just going to avoid that subject altogether. Charlie wants to check into the neighbor's basement to see what's down there. And uh, the roommate and the officer are like, well, what's down there? And then Charlie's like, well, there's a coffin down there. That's why we have to go down there. Because there's a coffin. Then the, uh, the neighbor, the neighbor's roommate and the police officer have a, a good laugh. Good laugh about there being a coffin in the basement. Uh, that's when we then find out that uh, Charlie didn't tell the officer the whole thing. Um, he told just told him that he saw one of the murders victims at the neighbor's house um, the night before the murder happened. So that's when then Charlie starts saying that the neighbor is a vampire. And... Uh, the lieutenant just uh, threatens to throw uh, Charlie in jail if he c- comes back with the story ever again. And pretty much to stop wasting his time because that's all he's doing is wasting the lieutenant's hard-earned time and money. I don't know why, but Charlie just looked up and saw the um, neighbor's roommate on the balcony. And then he looked at his watch and he's like, oh my god, it's 423. Like, as the sun's going down, like, well, what are we getting out of here? Am I late to do my homework? We then have uh, Charlie, who's driving away, and he storms into Evil's house and up into Evil's room. Apparently, uh, he just walks into Evil's house like it's no big deal and goes right to his room. Uh, he's trying to explain this everything to him, and uh, Evil's just having a good laugh about because, you know, it's Evil. And, uh, why would you believe Brewster? Hmm. Charlie just, uh, tried to bribe Evil to help him. Um, bribed him with a big whopping $8. That will get you, uh, nothing nowadays. Very much. Nothing good, at least. Yeah. You go to Dollar Store, you get, like, two items. Yeah. Something, I guess. Right? Evil's pretty much just pulling uh, Charlie's leg right now uh, for the $8, of course. Um, doing the, you know, the typical get across, get some holy water, and get a lot of garlic. That way the vampire comes after you. You can just smack the vampire with the cross, pour the holy water on him, and then feed him some garlic, I guess? Why is it vampires don't like garlic? Holy water, I can understand. Because they're supposed to be evil. And what holy water is supposed to do. It's really stupid. Uh, and then the cross, I can kind of understand. But garlic. Why? What's so special about garlic? Oh well. We then have Charlie who's up in his room. Nailing down his windows. Because that's what's going to stop a vampire from getting in. Not going to break that glass. Uh, just going to nail that down. Then uh, Charlie's mom asks him to come down to meet someone and come to find out it's Jerry Dandridge, the neighbor. Charlie's a little little, little scared now uh, because the vampire is in his living room wanting to shake hands with him. Hmm. Bet you really wish you had some garlic on you right now, May Some garlic deodorant, garlic mouthwash. Nasal spray, I don't know, something garlic related. I got nothing. No ideas 
at all. Then uh, we have him playing, Jerry Dandridge playing on the whole line of uh, vampires not allowed in your house unless it's invited in. Uh, I'm not sure about that rule either. Why, why is that a rule? Like, a vampire can't come in unless they're invited in? Uh, that's some manners though, I guess, right? You know, I'm not just going to step inside your house to suck your blood. You have to invite me in first to do it. Because that makes it so appropriate, I guess. And makes a lot of sense, right? That makes sense. No, it doesn't make sense at all. really means a vampire can only kill you if you're outside your house. So, ow. Oh, well. It works, I guess. Then have a... Charlie running up the stairs scared shitless um, because he just shook hands with a vampire and he's gonna die maybe spoilers if you haven't seen the movie yet then it's your own fault and if you've only seen the remake then why really why why have you only seen the remake watch the original even watch part 2 but watch the original. We then have uh, Charlie inside the house. It's uh, late at night. And he's getting a little bit paranoid in his room. Getting a little bit scared. Uh, because he can hear someone walking on the roof. And rightfully so. If you hear what sounds like a grown ass man. Walking on your roof. Probably at like midnight. You know. that's It's okay to be scared. Because it's either going to be like a vampire Maybe, maybe werewolf, maybe like the creeper from Jeepers Creepers, or you know, I don't know, giant ass bird, maybe. Birds get big, right? Demon bird. I don't know. I got nothing. <clears throat> we then have a uh, Charlie who's leaving his room. He's got his trusty handy cross in hand because that's gonna save his life. No, it won't. And uh, he's walking downstairs. He's a little bit scared. He's hearing this, uh, like, nails kind of along a chalkboard, but not as bad. It's, it's really just the tree branch rubbing up against one of the windows. Uh, I remember as a kid hearing that a couple times. Kind of caught me off guard. Not going to lie. Not going to lie. When you hear, like, a, a tree branch scratching up against your window, kind of sets you off a little bit. And then see a scene of uh, Charlie's mom asleep in her bed. And uh, Mr. Jerry Dandridge is walking around in her room. And uh, now he's leaving the room. Now, I get I invite you into my house. But uh, what, are you, what are you doing in here? Just walking around while everyone's sleeping? And he also just broke like the door, door frame. Or a piece of wood of some sort. Uh, jackass? Are you going to pay for those repairs? I invite you into my home and you're going to start wrecking stuff, huh? I see how it is. I see how this friendship's going to be. We uh, then see Jerry. Uh, he's going into Charlie's room. And then followed by a couple minutes later, we have Charlie finally making it to his room. Hmm. Wonder what's going to happen there. We got Charlie looking out the window over at the neighbor's house. We see the bedroom light go off so Charlie thinks he's over there but uh, come to find out Mr. Dandridge is starting to walk out of your closet Charlie and you don't realize that 
He's literally right behind you. Charlie, who's a certain yawn. That's when you then realize, uh, I feel like there's someone behind me. So, as soon as he turns around, uh, Jerry grabs him right by the throat and throws him right into the closet. Even though, uh, Jerry just made the comment of, uh, won't want to wake your mother, I'm going to have to kill her too. Uh, you just threw the man through a closet door. Um, that would be pretty loud. Not saying, like, super loud, but loud enough. And, uh, if his mom can't hear that, then she's a really, really heavy sleeper. Just gonna say. We then have, uh, Jerry, who's picking Charlie up by his throat again. And, uh, choking him out a little bit. Just, just choking him out a little bit. He's pretty pissed off that, uh, Charlie's told the police about him. That he's interrupted his afternoon sleep. Now, I guess if you guys sleep in the afternoon and you value sleep that much, then I guess you can be angry about it. For me, I really don't sleep that much at all, so uh, being woken up, not that big of a deal. Jerry then says, uh, make you a deal. You forget me, forget about me, I'll forget about you. How about that, huh? You don't tell anyone about me, anyone else at least, and I won't kill you. Charlie's response is uh, grabbing his stupid ass cross and trying to use that to, uh, you know, hold him off or injure him. I don't really know what he's planning on doing there. But uh, now the cross is gone. And Jerry opens up his uh, bedroom window where Charlie has the nails through it and it's about ready to decapitate him. You know, Jerry was trying to make you a deal. All he wanted was that you don't say anything else about him. And you couldn't even do that. We then have a, a picture of... Was that his mom or was that Pam? Is Pam her name? No, Amy. I don't know why I said Pam. Where did I get Pam from? Ah. Anyways, we have a picture of Amy falling from the bedroom window and it actually lands right in the middle of the fence post it's kind of cool scene and then uh we have charlie who's pulling or grasping for some items and he grabs a pencil and literally stabs it into jerry's hand which then turns jerry into one of the cooler looking vampires around it's definitely a very unique style to a vampire look and then uh next thing uh we have Charlie's mom knocking on the door, uh, wondering what's going on, because, you know, Mr. Dandridge yelled out a very blood-curling, painful scream, because, you know, he did just get, like, a pencil through his hand, so it's understandable to be, uh, in pain a little bit, and then we just have, uh, Charlie's mom still knocking away, um, she can't get out of the room because her door's stuck because uh that little piece of wood. And then she's like, uh, what's going on? Charlie's just like, what? Well, nothing. Just had a nightmare. Don't worry about it, Mom. Just go back to bed. And then we hear some uh, glass breaking. And uh, it's from the neighbor's side of the area. So he's probably pretty pissed off that you stabbed him with a pencil. And uh, you didn't take up his deal. So you're going to 
die. Then, of course, with everything going on, the best thing to do for Charlie, uh, he sits down at his desk, turns on his TV, and starts watching a vampire or horror movie. Because that's what you really want to do. And then the phone rings. Because, you know, everyone calls you late at night after you have a struggle with a vampire. Right? That's a common thing to do, right? Uh, come to find out, it's uh, Jerry on the phone. You know, playing some uh, games with Charlie. Uh, Charlie doesn't say anything. He just has the phone up to his ear. And Jerry's like, I know you're there. I can see you. Cut the fire out there. You know, the rooms are across from each other. You know, different houses, of course. But uh, they just peep on each other. So it's you know, back and forth of uh, stalking each other. We then have the uh, late night commercial that comes on. Um, it's for the vampire hunter, the Van Helsing style character, um, you know, who's not really a real vampire hunter, but Charlie thinks he is. So uh, let's get the idea of let's uh, let's get a hold of him so we can deal with our real vampire issue because that makes perfect logical sense, right? And then we cut to the uh, next day, and we have Charlie, who's outside Mr. Vincent's, I don't know if it's work or if it's the movie studio, I'm not sure what it is, but he's outside waiting to talk to Mr. Vincent so he can get some tips about killing vampires. Uh, Mr. Vincent just thinks he's there to get an autograph or a picture or whatnot, because, you know, he's a big TV star. Anyone comes to talk to me, that's all they want. They all, they just want my autograph. That's it. Uh, then we have Charlie. He's like, I believe in vampires. And Mr. Vincent's like, oh, that's nice. You know, if you had some friends and some other people liked it, maybe my ratings would be a little bit higher. Because Mr. Vincent's all about those ratings. I want to make more money. Then Charlie goes on to say that uh, he has a vampire living next to him, and Mr. Vincent's not really too sure if he wants to believe him or not. And uh, he thinks it's a joke, but he's not really sure. Then have uh, Mr. Vincent, who's loading up his car. Uh, Charlie's still talking about vampires. And Vincent's like, well, I lied about believing in vampires. It's just for a show. Hmm. Ooh. People lie on TV? No, never. Uh, Mr. Vincent's still not believing Charlie at all. And then uh, just drives away. That That's it. Then we have uh, Evil and... I'm going to say Pam again, and I know that's wrong. Uh, it's uh, Amy. Amy, not Pam. We have Evil and Amy showing up at Charlie's house, and they go upstairs to Charlie's room, and it's loaded with candles and crosses. And garlic, of course. Can't forget the garlic. It's hanging all over the place. Not sure why the candles are there. Guess just to set the mood and atmosphere for a nice romantic night with a vampire. Charlie's 
at this point has uh, gone completely crazy. He is completely, utterly crazy. He's uh, His room is loaded with candles, like I said. And he's uh, slowly trying to make some wooden stakes to fight out the vampire. So, hmm, makes you wonder. We got Amy who's trying to talk to Charlie about everything. Um, Amy's like, you know, it's going to be really dangerous if you go into that house alone. Uh, maybe you should get Peter Vincent to help you. And Charlie's like, I've already tried that. He won't help me at all. And then Amy is still trying to convince him not to go into the house alone. What are you doing here? Me? What about you? I thought you just dumped him. What I'm doing here is none of your business. Oh, so you do like him. Anybody home? Hi. Wow. What's all this for? Self-defense. Not that I think I'll need it. He'll be dead before nightfall. Who will be? Dandridge. I'm waiting for the guy he lives with to leave, and then I'm gonna go next door and find his coffin and pound this to his heart. That's murder, Charlie. You can't murder a vampire, Amy. You're dead. Remember? Listen. Listen, I just taped this. Amy, what are we gonna do? This is just like Fright Night. Now for the two o'clock news. Another body of a young woman was discovered early this morning in back of the Sheridan Mall. See that? I don't have any choice. Somebody has to stop him. Amy makes uh, Charlie promise that Charlie's not going to do anything until Amy and Evil get back to help. Um, and that's when Amy has the nice sentiment moment of saying, I love you, Charlie. Because Charlie's really questioning her because uh, she doesn't bl he doesn't believe that she believes him that there's really vampires living beside him. Or a vampire, I should say. And then cut back to Mr. Vincent and his apartment by the looks of it and it's uh, Amy and Evil there trying to uh, trying to talk to him to try and convince him about Charlie you know, about the whole vampire issue no it's not really that big of an issue it's, it's just a vampire that's going to kill you no big deal really no big deal it's kind of funny because uh, Amy and Evil are there and Vincent's like well what, what do you want do you want like an autograph or do you want me to do like an interview for your school or what is it you know I'll do anything for you like what what do you want and, uh, Amy's like it's it's not that uh, it's not that simple that's when evil steps in he's like hey uh, you remember that uh, fruitcake kid uh, he came to talk to you about vampires yeah that kid yeah the crazy kid yeah uh, we need your help with him uh, it's funny when Evil's talking, Vincent doesn't really care. But when Amy starts talking, he's a little bit more considering and understanding. 
Vincent pretty much just thinks that uh, Charlie and well, the three of them are just crazy, and uh, Vincent's not gonna help him at all because uh, definitely, definitely crazy. And uh, Vincent's like, you know, your friend needs help, uh, medical help. I'm not gonna be able to give it to him. And then Amy's like, well, I'll, I'll give you money. Vincent's like, well, how much? How much are we talking about? Um, what do? You, what's your plan? And how much money? It's all about that money, right? Give me the money, money. I'll do anything for the money. <laughs> we then cut to uh, Jerry Dander's house. Uh, his roommate picks up the phone, and they have a shitload of cuckoo clocks. Why in the hell do you mean so many clocks? Um, there's a phone, a phone call that goes off, and um, it's uh, evil. We find out. Um, he's he's uh, talking to Jerry about crosses and holy water, and Jerry's like, "Well, I don't believe in crosses. Um, I'm I'm reborn." So, and then we just have uh, Jerry. He's like, "Yeah, um, don't don't bring him over until six, because I'm going to be gone." So uh, yeah, Jerry Jerry's in on the plan because evil in the group believe that if they bring Charlie over that uh, they'll be able to convince Charlie that Jerry's not a vampire and uh, Jerry's just like yeah cool we don't have to go to eat tomorrow they're coming to us so makes it easier for us and then we cut to a scene of uh, Charlie, Amy and uh, Evil outside outside Jerry's house and it's it's like 10 after 6 and uh, Charlie's starting to freak out. He's like, well, he said he's going to be here at 6. Uh, God forbid someone runs late. But uh, he shows up finally. And uh, he thinks he's going to go in the house by himself. With a little jar of holy water. So uh, Mr. Vincent thinks he's going to kill the vampire with a little jar of holy water. Hmm. Let's see how that works out. Then we have a argument between uh, Mr. Vincent and Charlie at the front door while Mr. Vincent is knocking on the door. That's when uh, Jerry's uh, roommate answers the door and the argument stops. And Charlie's the last one to enter into the house because uh, Mr. Vincent, Evil, and Amy already step inside. We then uh, finally see Jerry coming to the top of the stairs and walking down. He's definitely in uh, like a classic, relaxed, lazy, sa- lazy Sunday dad outfit. He's got his knit sweater on and his turtleneck. Because that's the style. Hello, freaks and creeps. It's that time again where we help support some fellow horror content creators. First up, we have Diabolic DVD. Make sure to check out DiabolicDVD.com. For all the new listings on horror DVDs and Blu-rays. Hell, there's even some titles there I've never heard of before. Great content, great customer service. You won't be let down. Next up, we have Graveyard Goods. Content created for the dead. By the dead. Don't be left to the dead. Right now in stock, they have some Hellraiser, Halloween 3, and Exorcism merch such as sweaters, hats, and sweatpants. Definitely go check them out as well. Check out their newsletter, sign up, 
and don't be left for the dead. That's graveyardgoods.com. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. And Mr. Vincent is introducing Jerry to Amy and Ed, a.k.a. Evil. Because let's just keep calling him Evil. Because the whole running gimmick of this is that he hates being called Evil. So we'll just keep using the word Evil. Then we have uh, Jerry doing his typical, I'm a vampire, I'm going to be a nice lady man. And uh, kiss Amy's hand. He actually uses it as a joke because he's uh, kissing Amy's hand and he's like, isn't that what vampires are supposed to do? So he's, he's playing the game well. He's doing, you know, he's doing it pretty good. They walk into, I think it's like a living room area. And uh, Jerry's like, yeah, don't mind the mess. I'm still getting unpacked. And uh, next thing you know, it's like, where's Coffin? I know there's a coffin here. Where is it? It's when uh, Charlie's like to Mr. Vincent. Vincent, give him the holy water. Come on, just do it. Mr. Vincent's like, oh, Charlie, there's no need to be so rude about it. We'll get around to the holy water. Don't you worry. We'll get around to the holy water. It's when uh, Jerry's like, well, you know what? It's fine. How, where's the holy water? Just just give it to me. It's fine. And then have uh, Jerry who holds the water by the open fireplace and then he uh, drinks it all at once and nothing's happening and Jerry's just like ah there you satisfied I drank that holy water nothing happened to me it's refreshing so when uh, Charlie then doesn't believe what's going on um, he believes maybe the holy water wasn't actually holy water that's when he then pulls out a cross. He's like, well, if he's not a vampire, have him hold this. That's when we then see uh, Jerry get a little bit nervous and the roommate gets a little nervous. And that's when Mr. Vincent steps in and just pretty much tells him, put the cross away. We don't need it. He's already passed the main test, which is the holy water. But little did I know, uh, should have went with the cross because I uh, would have found out very quickly he's a vampire. We then have Jerry's like, well, you're finally convinced I'm not a vampire then. Jerry's just, you know, under his breath, unamused, just agrees with it, but really doesn't agree with it at all. So when we then have uh, Mr. Vincent and everyone getting ready to leave, and uh, Mr. Vincent opens up his little makeup mirror. I don't know what it is. Something where he's looking at himself. Um... But he's seeing everyone behind him. But uh, come to find out, Jerry Dandridge is not in the reflection of the mirror. Which then really catches Mr. Vincent off guard and gets really nervous. And then uh, he drops the mirror on the ground. And then he starts uh, scrambling for his words. And he's like, I, okay, uh, guys, uh, we've, been, uh, we've been taking up enough of Jerry's time. So how about we leave? Huh? How about we leave? And then he starts uh, scrambling to his car and uh, tries like, what, what's, what's the matter? Why are you being like this? Why are you uh, getting ready to leave? He's like, you saw something in there, didn't you? And Mr. Vincent's like, uh, nothing, nothing at all. And then uh, the final moment before Mr. Vincent drives away, he's like, Jerry, 
didn't cast a reflection in my mirror. We then find out that Jerry's so uh, into Amy, so much into Amy, because um, I guess Amy looks a lot like a girl in a painting. Someone who's very special to uh, Jerry. Um, he starts to walk away, and that's when he steps on a piece of the broken glass. And it pretty much clicks in his mind that uh, Mr. Vincent saw that Jerry doesn't cast a reflection. We then uh, have Charlie and Evil walking uh, Amy home. And then Evil wants to go down an alleyway. And Evil's like, you know what? There's no, there's no vampires. Vampires aren't real. You should believe it. So they get into a little argument. And uh, Charlie just lets Evil go down the alley by herself. And Amy's like, well, what are we going to do now? And Charlie's just like, well... Vampires aren't going to want them anyways, so it's fine. Um, two steps away, um, once Evil's down the alleyway, he screams and tries to pull a prank on Charlie, pretending that he's been bit by a vampire. So, the prank is definitely going to go wrong for Evil, because uh, Evil's going to get bit by a vampire, and he's going to become a little vampire bitch boy that's going to do all the dirty work. Because we see Evil walking down the alleyway, kicking a can, because that's what cool guys do. We kick cans down dark, foggy alleyways. Um, we then have Jerry Danich, who's following close behind in the alleyway. I think we can all figure out what's going to happen. And then have Evil, who's farther down into the dark alleyway. And here's footsteps coming. He's like, Charlie, Amy, is that you? Uh, if that's you, I'm not scared. He just stands there and waits. And come to find out, it's uh, Mr. Jerry Dandridge. And uh, it finally clicks in. Evil gets a, gets a little scared. And starts to run away as Jerry gets closer and closer. But uh, Jerry, or uh, Evil's really scared because... Uh, he can't run straight. He just runs right into a pile of garbage. Clearly, Evil's never been down this alleyway because he takes a, uh, a left turn. I believe it was a left turn. Could have been a right turn. He takes a turn. Uh, turn for the worst, though, because he comes to a dead end. Uh, apparently, his nerves are getting the best of him because he just screwed himself. Um... Yeah. We then have Jerry who spawns behind Evil and scares the living shit out of him until he drops to the ground. And, uh, Jerry's just like, You don't have to be scared of me. I'm your friend. I won't hurt you. I'm just going to bite you in the neck. And then have uh, Jerry just like, It's okay. Just take my hand. Just take my hand. Everything will be fine. And then we hear uh, a scream in the background as uh, Amy and Charlie are walking away. And it just the scream just echoes through and Amy just yells back, you know, cut out evil. We're not falling for it again. Fell for it the first time, not going to fall for it this time. And then uh, as they're walking, uh, they come find out that the power has gone out on the alleyway or the walkway where they're there. 
and they walk by a circuit breaker and it's been destroyed. Not sure if it got hit by lightning or maybe, I don't know, maybe a vampire just grabbed the casing, ripped it off, and then pulled all the cords apart. Could have happened. Anything's possible. <coughs> we then have them, uh, Amy and Charlie running. They run into, like, this crowd that's outside a bar. Um, kind of find out that Jerry's right behind them. Uh, they keep running. And then they run to Jerry's roommate. I believe it was. And then they start running up a different alleyway or maybe uh, a parking bridge or a parking parking lot area. Um, yeah, then uh, Jerry comes across the corner again. And then they decide to hop in like a kitchen area and through a bar or a nightclub. We then cut to... Uh, Vincent sitting in his office and Ed who's knocking on the door uh, it's like well what, what do you want actually I think he's in his home and uh, kind of find out uh, Ed shows up at the apartment and shows off his bite mark in his neck and he's a full vampire and he's getting ready to uh, take on Mr. Vincent I do like the fang styles in these vampires, the top fangs and the bottom fangs. Pretty interesting style for sure. And we have a, a struggle between Peter Vincent and Evil Ed. Um, Ed jumps on his back a little bit and then Mr. Vincent grabs one of his crosses and implants it into Evil Ed's head, which is a nice visual effect to look at. Um, because we see the the cross that's engraved into Ed's forehead now, it's a pretty iconic uh, image to look at. Which is kind of funny. Uh, Ed Ed's looking in the mirror to check out the scarring on his head, but he's a vampire now, so therefore he doesn't have a reflection. So how does that work out? Because he's a vampire and he's looking into the mirror, can he see it? Because he's a vampire, or does he see nothing like everyone else does? And then have Vincent, who's walking closer to Ed with the cross, tell him to get back. And Evil Ed finally uh, gets, uh, I don't know, scared enough, I guess, or knows when to retreat because he just jumps out the window and bails. We are then back in the nightclub. Um, we have Charlie, who's asking Amy for Peter Vincent's number, and she gets all upset, you know, saying, you know, I, p I paid him to show up. He's not a real vampire hunter. I paid him to do that. And then we see uh, Jerry, who's slowly making his way through the dance club floor. And Amy can't take her eyes off of him. She's pretty much in a trance with him. Because, you know, girls just love the vampires. I don't understand why. I really never... Uh, I guess it's just the charisma that they come off with, I guess, would be the only thing. We then have uh, Jerry right in front of Amy, and he's pretty much just uh, smiling right at her. And uh, then Amy walks off with Jerry like it's no big deal. All he has to do is uh, smile at her, and that's enough to uh, get her to follow him. Then we just cut to out on the dance floor. We see uh, Jerry behind Amy as they're 
dancing, dancing around, and Jerry's getting pretty uh, touchy-feely on uh, the first date. Uh, you know, pretty touchy-feely. Uh, because I know Amy didn't like that before when uh, Charlie was trying to get touchy-feely, but she's got no problem with Jerry doing it. She must be into the older men. That's That's got to be it. It's the vampires and the older men. We then uh, cut to, well, not really cut to, it's uh, Jerry and Amy dancing, and Amy keeps looking in the mirror and sees no reflection for Jerry, and then she's a little bit confused. Then Charlie finally, uh, finally confronts him and says, you know, let her go, and then they go in for a passionate kiss, and Charlie gets probably some gonads and goes to punch him in the face but uh jerry just stops him with one one fist one hand just grabs him by the fist and starts squeezing it and that's that we then have the bodyguards or the bouncers of the nightclub showing up and they're trying to stop the fight between jerry and charlie you know it's not really a fight uh but Jerry goes, you know, like half vampire, uh, red eyes and nails, because apparently that's what vampires have. And he literally slices the throat of the one bouncer and then grabs the other bouncer by the throat, who's a big, big man. And literally just like crushes his throat and uh, throws him. And then the nightclub goes crazy because everyone's screaming because, you know, they just watched two people die. And then it's like a stampede of people trying to go. And Amy and Charlie get uh, separate. Amy gets pushed farther down the stairs. And uh, Jerry's there to find her and takes her away. And then uh, Charlie finally gets out of the nightclub. And the Jeep slowly starts to drive away. And Evil's in the back, full on vampire mode. Just pointing and laughing at Charlie. And then Charlie goes to Vincent's place to try and get help. And uh, Vincent's very paranoid and is like, are you one of them? And then puts his cross out and is like, you, you grab this if you want in. You're not, if you don't grab the cross, you're not getting in. I don't know if I can trust you. Well, you know, of course, Charlie grabs the cross and nothing happens to him because Charlie's not a vampire at all. Uh, we couldn't find out though that uh, Mr. Vincent is packing his stuff and he's uh, getting ready to leave town and he doesn't want anything to do with vampires because this whole time he's been chicken shit about vampires and he wants to leave. He does not want anything to do with this whole matter. That's when uh, Charlie starts speaking up. He's like, well, Jerry wants me and you to show up. That's the only way we can save Amy. Uh, there'll be other Amys. Let's, let's face it. Amy's just one lady in a small town. There will be other Amy's in your life at some point in time in life. Just move on. Find a new Amy. It's when uh, Mr. Vincent starts opening up about being terrified and that um, Vincent's not really his real name and that everything is just for the show. And, uh, yeah, which is pretty obvious, you know. TV show. He's a host. Kind of, in a way. It's a fake vampire owner. And that's when Charlie's like, please help me. I got nobody else. Just please help me. 
please. We then cut to uh, Jerry's house where uh, he's putting on some music and Amy's finally waking up. She was asleep on the floor on a blanket and she's wearing clothes that she wasn't really wearing before. So Jerry's a creep. He literally just played dress up with her while she was asleep. Well, he's a vampire. Of course he's a creep. And then we see the painting of the lady who reminds uh, Jerry the painting. We see the painting that looks like Amy. That's that's why I was getting that. English, not first language. It is, but don't know how to speak it well. Words just sometimes don't come out properly. We have Jerry then walk up with his shirt unbuttoned. And they're getting ready for a passionate moment in front of the fireplace. That's it. I got nothing else to say about that. Nothing important. Literally, the only thing that's remotely important about this whole intimate scene in front of the fireplace is the the time when uh, Amy gets bit and turned into a vampire. That's it. Nothing else really important happens. We then have uh, Charlie, who uh, is getting ready to go into... Uh, Jerry's house and then Peter Vincent shows up in full in character, full confidence uh, trunk full of goodies to try and kill vampires with Charlie's getting ready to go for the front door and Jerry's uh, or Vincent's like, are you crazy? not the front door let's go around the back door and sneak in couldn't find out it's too late though because the front door just creaks open you know if it's open, might as well walk in, right? Saves yourself from trying to break in the door in the back. We're going to see the camera the view from like the sky. Um, we hear wings flapping, so it's definitely Jerry outside watching them walk in. Because, you know, it's clearly a trap set up waiting to happen. And we just hear uh, wings flapping from outside as it's looking from the outside window in. And uh, we have... Uh, Charlie and Vincent who are slowly making their way through the house uh, Vincent's like you know, why don't we come back at dawn because uh, vampires going to be asleep then so we can just you know, come in, stab it in the heart and leave no big deal right and then uh, Charlie's like well Amy's going to be dead by then and then we hear the nails screeching along the wood of the banister uh, it's uh, Jerry using his vampire nails. He's like, Welcome to Flight Night. And we have a standout between Jerry and Charlie and Vincent. We then have Vincent, who's in full on vampire slayer mode, pulls out a cross, and he's like, Black Spawn of Satan. Jerry just grabs the cross like it's no big deal. And he's like, you have to have faith in it for it actually to hurt me. Which I've never heard that happening before. So, it's interesting that for the cross to work, you have to have faith in it. But, could be could be true. Who knows? We then have uh, Charlie who pulls out his little tiny cross. And he uh, holds it towards... 
holds it towards Jerry, and Jerry starts walking back. Not sure if it's, you know, really working or if he's pulling a prank on him. And that's when Jerry's roommate just comes in and slaps Charlie off the off the stairs. And then Vincent uh, runs out of the house scared. We then see Vincent, who's in Brewster's house. He's uh, running upstairs to talk to Mrs. Brewster. Uh, he comes into Brewster's mom's bedroom, thinking that she's asleep. And come to find out, it's actually Evil Ed inside the bed, pretending to be Charlie's mom. Come to find out, Charlie's mom is apparently working nights, and that dinner's in the oven. So then we have a fight between uh, Vincent and Evil Ed. Uh, Vincent's clearly scared shitless. Uh, he's stumbling out of the bedroom and knocks over a sand. And then uh, next thing you know, there's a wolf that walks out of the bedroom. A wolf that sounds like a, a lion. Uh, I've never heard a wolf have such a deep snarl and growl into it. And then uh, Vincent's just scared. He's got the piece of wood from the broken stand in the arm. Um, as the wolf tackles him, um, Vincent actually stabs the wolf right in the chest. And the wooden stake goes right through it. And that wolf's definitely seen uh, better days. Because on the way down, he also uh, hits this giant glass chandelier that the Brewsters have hanging in their front lobby because they're rich, apparently. And Vincent slowly makes his way down the stairs to uh, check on the wolf because um, it's impaled. It's clearly 100% impaled. Um, and the wolf is slowly changing back into its human form. It's a very unique transformation. It's uh, kind of cool. It's, it's a backward transformation, but still kind of cool. We get the wolf trying to pull the wooden stick out of its chest. It's uh, clearly not going too well for it because it, it's stuck in there pretty good. We have Vincent just watching on in shock. He's completely confused as to what's going on and. He's super pale and he's 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 scared shitless, but he's he's trying to hold it together for the sake of everyone. Uh, he, he's trying to hold it together. I totally forgot about that though. Evil Ed turns into a werewolf. How is that possible? How? Does uh, Jerry just have the power to when he bites someone just turn them into whatever he wants? Doesn't make sense, but you know, it is what it is. It's just a movie, right? It's the logic. There's no logic. You don't need a logic. That's weird. We have a very confused Mr. Vincent who's just watched uh, Ed die due to the wooden stake in his chest. Um, very confused because it's a wooden stake that just killed a werewolf. Um, yeah. Let you let that thing, you know, sink in a little bit. We then have uh, Jerry, who's carrying uh, Charlie in on his shoulder and throws him down beside Amy, who's 
laying on the ground, sweating, kind of twitching a little bit. You know, she's in the early vampire stage. She hasn't had the urge to feed yet, so once she does, uh, she's going to try and feed on Charlie. We then cut to uh, Mr. Vincent, who's pulling the wooden banister stake out of uh, Ed's dead body. He walks outside and gets ready to walk over to Jerry's house. And can find out Jerry's house looks pretty spooky right about now. It's got a lot, got a lot of fog coming out of it. Nothing else has fog coming out of it, but it's got like a little green glow to it and some fog. It's really good that house looked at. It might be possessed. Anything's possible in this movie, right? Because we got vampires who bite people and turn them into werewolves. Hmm. Logic. And see Mr. Vincent inside with his box of goodies. It's like a travel bag full of goodies and his wooden bloody stake and an arm ready for battle. I don't know how, but uh, Mr. Vincent knew the right door to knock on where Charlie and Amy would be found. Not sure how he knows that they're going to be right there, but hey, if, if that's... If he's got magic powers, then let them shine, I guess. We then have uh, Charlie, who's making some noise distraction. He's banging on the doors, yelling for help to distract from the sound of Mr. Vincent breaking, breaking down the door to get in to rescue them. And uh, that's when they then... After getting into the room, Mr. Vincent gets into the room. He, uh, Jerry has the sense that they have another Vince visitor and that uh, things didn't go as planned. We then see from outside looking in again. It's uh, Jerry in full vampire mode. And it's uh, Charlie and Mr. Vincent walking off. Uh, they are on the hunt for Jerry because they believe if they kill Jerry, that will change Amy back to her human self. We have uh, Mr. Vincent and Charlie at the top of the stairs, and Jerry's roommate's at the bottom, and he starts uh, walking upstairs. And Mr. Vincent pulls a gun out on him, but that doesn't scare him at all. Roommate keeps walking upstairs, and then he gets shot in the face. To be fair, Mr. Vincent did say stop or I'm going to shoot. If you're just too deaf to listen, then that's on you. We then have uh, Jerry, who tries to sneak up on Mr. Vincent and Charlie. Uh, That's when Charlie holds out the cross, and Jerry, kind of his powers start to activate. And then they start walking up the stairs as they're as um, Mr. Vincent and Charlie are walking up the stairs. Jerry's roommate gets up and starts walking up the stairs, bloody. And then uh, Mr. Vincent just starts uh, shooting him some more. Not sure how many times he just shot him. Uh, it was a lot, though. I don't know. Uh, I guess uh, Jerry's roommate. Is a zombie? I'm going to say zombie. Because he keeps taking gunshots and he just took 
a wooden stake into the heart. And he's just looking down at the stake like, well, that's what's to do to me. He is bleeding or leaking green ooze. So that could be a sign of a zombie. Or a melting vampire creature. It's a very cool effect though. I, I do like the special effects in the movie a lot. Then we just see the roommate's uh, body uh, pretty much disappearing. It's, it's oozing green goo. And then we see some dust start to come out. And then it just shatters. And we see the head or the skull slide across the, the floor tiles. It's when uh, Mr. Vincent and Charlie go to check in on Amy. And she's, uh, she's worse. Clearly she's worse. She's starting to transform. We then have... Uh, Jerry, who's then on the roof of the house, and he's chanting that, uh, he's, well, he's talking to awake Amy in her vampire form, because, you know, it's something that the lead vampires can do, they can control their victims, and he awakens Amy so that she will kill them both. Um, Charlie starts to run up stairs to go to the roof and then we hear Amy yelling so Vincent goes to check on her he walks in the room and Amy is in full on vampire mode this is when then Mr. Vincent just holds out a cross and she starts to you know she has to walk back that's when uh, Mr. Vincent shuts the door just you know slowly shuts the door and walks away he might have locked it because Amy's banging on the door. Then we have uh, Miss Mr. Vincent who has to duck because good thing he's an agile old man because Jerry just comes through the stained glass window at the top of the stairs. Or I mean, it's not a stained glass window. I mean, it's like a mosaic window. I don't know. I don't know my windows. Windows Vista? Windows 98? Windows XP? Wrong windows. Hmm. We then see Jerry in full vampire mode. And Mr. Vincent is holding his cross and telling Jerry to get back. And then uh, Jerry just does the reminder, you need to have faith. And then we see the sun slowly starting to come up in the background for the broken window. And then uh, Mr. Vincent slowly starts to get some faith. So... Ha, 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 ha. 
mainly probably because he sees the sun coming up. But still, it works either way. And then all the clocks, all the gazillion clocks in the house start to go off. Because it's, uh, it's morning time now. Mr. Jerry uh, Dandridge didn't uh, keep track of the time. Apparently vampires are poor, uh, poor tellers of time, I guess. They get a little preoccupied in their work and forget what they're doing, I guess. To then have uh, Mr. Vincent's like, You had a time, Mr. Dandridge. Look over your shoulder. And uh, he gets pretty scared because he's looking outside and he sees the sun. And that's when Jerry then goes into full-on vampire mode. Uh, vampire bat mode, I should say. Uh, which is weird, though. It's a cool. Uh, it's a cool that he's not your normal, typical bat. But it's also weird because he looks like a naked bat. He also looks like his face looks like one of the monsters from the Gate movie. So we then have uh, Mr. Vincent and Charlie who are trying to fight bat version of Jerry, and uh, Charlie gets bit, and then Vincent pulls um, Jerry up to the sun and gets burnt a bit. And then Jerry in bat mode disappears into the basement where he's going to have a little bit of advantage because, uh, like I said earlier, all the windows are painted black so the sun's not going to come through. So we then have uh, Charlie and Mr. Vincent in the basement searching around for Jerry. They can't find him at all yet. And then they get the plan of uh, splitting up to search. Because that's always the greatest idea in movies. Especially of horror movies. You know, hey, uh, how about you go left and I go right and we'll cover more ground. And Charlie then sees a stairway and sees a shadow walking down. And it's, uh, it's Amy, but she's in full vampire mode still. And then uh, Mr. Vincent finds the secret entrance. And finds the casket and kind of find out that the casket's locked from the inside. That's a shame. And uh, we have Amy who's trying to seduce Charlie a little bit. You know, maybe Charlie's into vampires. We don't know. He could be. And then Amy pulls the, you know, pity me subject of, you promised you won't let him get me. And then it's all just a prank or all just a trick to... Uh, let him drop his guard because he was holding the cross in her face. And then she's uh, she's quite the vampire because she's got like a ton of fangs. She doesn't have the typical two or four, like the top two and the bottom two. She's got like a full mouthful. Which is kind of awkward. Uh, Jerry, after he bites someone, they always transform differently. Why is that? Peter finally gets the casket open and we see Jerry inside of it and his one side of his face is completely burnt he's in his uh, human vampire form I guess and then Peter f starts to put a I don't know if it's a if it's a railing post into uh, Jerry's chest Jerry uh, comes up and pulls it right out of the chest uh, apparently he didn't go deep enough because he's not dead but Jerry goes and throws the the post that was going into his chest. And luckily enough, it hits a piece of the glass and the window starts to open. 
when the window breaks and the sunlight starts to come in. So then we have uh, Charlie who's going around and breaking some of the glass to let the sunlight come in. And then we just continue with uh, Charlie and Mr. Vincent throwing random items from the basement at the glass windows and slowly more and more sun starts coming through and then Jerry tries to get back into his casket and Mr. Vincent cuts him off and actually closes the casket door on him. But, uh, Jerry thinks he's got the better hand of it. He's laughing about it. Come to find out though, right behind Vincent is uh, another window and Charlie runs by both of them and pulls the curtain down and the sunlight literally just blasts Jerry like a beam of lightning and yeah it hits him so hard that he flies across the basement and smashes into the other wall and then we just see Jerry going up in a blaze of fire which is also kind of cool because it's also kind of like a green fire and then we have Vincent and Charlie and Amy on the ground covering up to avoid the the giant blast and then uh, yeah Jerry withers away and he's he's dead he's gone the sunlight has completely destroyed him 100% and he he's no more and then we have our three remaining survivors getting up and by the looks of it it looks like Amy's 100% back to normal just like that just like the flick of the switch she's a normal human nothing ever happened she was never a vampire trying to kill you guys nah never then we have the three of them hugging in the basement because they're happy they're alive they're safe and they uh, they finally killed a real vampire Mr. Vincent can say he's an actual vampire hunter for real life and not just a fake one on TV. We then cut to a scene of uh, Amy and Charlie making out in bed as the TV's on and Mr. Vincent comes on for Fright Night. And then uh, they start watching on. They're a happy couple, Charlie and Amy. We then have uh, Amy and Charlie who are cuddling in bed and Charlie gets up and look out, looks out the window over at the neighbor's house and Amy's like, is something wrong? And Charlie's like, nah, it's all good. Just a little paranoid. You know, we did have a vampire living next door that tried to kill us, so it's always best to keep an eye on that house. I uh, never know who might move back in. And then we just see uh, two eyes that light up in the darkness of the room next door and we have uh, Evil who's laughing and makes a comment and then that ends the movie like I said it's a really good movie uh, it's definitely one of my favorite vampire movies um, it's up there with Near Dark um, Near Dark is definitely a very it's not a very action-packed vampire movie, but it's a very interesting take. Um, which, you know, we're probably going to watch that one at some point. I don't want to watch two vampire movies in back-to-back -back session. So let's give this one a rating, and we'll announce what we're going to watch next. Um, so, for this one, 
I do enjoy this movie a lot. I really enjoy the soundtrack and the special effects. It's a very well-made movie. Um, I can't remember this, the second one that well at all. Uh, and then I haven't even bothered to watch the remake with Colin Farrell, I think. I haven't even bothered. Um, I like the original so much. And I didn't hear too much good about the remake, if I remember correctly. But anyways, I'll watch it probably at some point. Um, but for this movie, I'm going to give it four wooden stakes to the heart out of five. I know all my ratings have been pretty high for all my movies I've been watching. It's just I've been picking a lot of movies that I do enjoy a lot. So I will watch some bad movies at some point. I'll do a whole month of bad movies. Um, but yeah, as I've announced on my Facebook page, I'm going to keep the podcast um, put episodes out every two weeks. Uh, I'm going to hopefully in this span be able to edit a little bit better, may add in some extra stuff into the podcast. And my whole goal is to not rush it. Uh, I feel like the last few episodes I had put out were a little bit rushed um, because I wasn't able to get on a set schedule when I want to release an episode. So hopefully this will be able to give me a little bit more time to do so. And maybe if I get ahead of the game, I'll actually make a couple more episodes throughout the weeks to add so I'm not feeling so rushed. Um, but yeah, that's enough about that. So... Um, for our next movie, we are going to sit down and we are going to watch Ghoulies. Um, I just did a Ghoulie drawing in my post-it note Sharpie series. Uh, if you guys haven't seen that, definitely check it out on Instagram at Typhonstein or find me on Facebook, uh, The Illustrated Mind of Brian Typhair. It's also at Typhonstein. I like to keep all my social medias all the same. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Typhonstein. I've um, been doing a lot of fine tip Sharpie drawings just on one single post-it note. Um, it's a very cool series. It's very easy for me to do. It's not time-consuming, which is good for me to, to have right now. Uh, just because i got so much stuff going on. Uh, and then I will also be having a new video game video coming out. One video each week as well. So that's something else. Um, I'm going to try and keep it to horror games, but we'll see how it goes. I'll probably have different games in throughout. So yeah, like I said, next movie we will be talking about and watching is Ghoulies um, from the 80s. I'm not sure the exact year off the top of my head. Um, it's a small monster movie, um, kind of in the same vein as Critters and Gremlins. So that would be a fun one to watch. I haven't watched that one in a while too, so that's... Uh, it's going to be good. I have my whole lot of movies planned out. And yeah, if you guys like the video, please leave a like down below. Um, leave a comment. Leave some feedback. I'd love to hear what you guys think. Good things, bad things, it doesn't matter. I just want to hear what you guys think. And uh, if you guys could so generously, please do hit that share button. Share it with the people you know. A little bit of sharing uh, gets more viewers in here, and then we can make a better. A better project all around um, also if you guys aren't listening um, I also have the nostalgic dads podcast every week uh, me and my co-host Rob aka virtual Rob on Twitch um, we sit down and watch a different uh, animated movie usually from the 90s or the early 2000s uh, it could be a cartoon uh, we've done animes and we've done animated movies so that drops every week 
and we are going to be keeping that podcast on a weekly podcast and then i'm going to keep this one every you know an episode every two weeks bi-weekly so that's the plan we'll see how it goes um once i get some more energy and some more oomph we'll be kicking this one back up to weekly but i just like i said last couple of episodes i felt like i rushed some and i do not like doing that at all so this is the hopes to make a better project overall so like i said i'm gonna stop ranting now because i feel like i've been doing that too much so until next time i will talk to you guys all later peace temper, Charlie. It isn't polite. You can't kill me here. <laughs> I don't want to kill you, Charlie. I want you to bring Peter Vincent to my house, just the two of you. That is, if you ever want to see Amy. <laughs>